Welcome back. The Bill Michaels Show on the network. Welcoming in everybody on this uh, this beautiful day today. Stunning outside. Stunning. Here you go. If you're on the live stream, there it is. Got to say thanks to our buddy Dan from uh, Road America. I have been searching for a long time for a way to extend the cameras uh, here in the house and, say, even get them outside. And uh, the same thing when we're on the road because... We try to put cameras further out so we can give you better views and visuals on the live stream when we do the show. And uh, I have not been able to figure it out. Dan uh, said, oh, no, yeah, no problem. Here you go. This is what you do. This is what you order. And boom, got it for us. So uh, the camera that you're witnessing now is outside. It's actually on the balcony of the place uh, right outside the new studio. So nice. And that is where we'll, where I will be perched later this evening. In the, the chair that is right there off to the right-hand side, and I will be uh, kicking my feet up, watching a game on the uh, television inside the Tiki Bar and eating something tonight. Ah, oh, can't wait. Can't wait. Looking forward to it. Um, 877-867-1670. Coming up here in about 15 minutes, we're going to talk with Aaron. Well, not even that, about uh, 10 minutes. Going to talk with Aaron Sims, voice of the Milwaukee Admirals, and Aaron's going to break down the uh, Western Conference Finals. Admirals got a win in Texas. They have advanced to the uh, Western Conference Finals, and so excited for them. Um, It's been a while. Uh, Last time they were this far, I think think he posted something about 2006. So it's been a while, but excited for the Admirals, excited for hockey. And uh, I know there's a lot of people in this area that you have your affiliations, whether it's the Blackhawks or the Red Wings or the St. Louis Blues or the Minnesota Wild or whatever it happens to be in the area, Detroit Red Wings, uh, but uh, there are a lot of hockey fans uh, here in the state of Wisconsin, so we're going to talk a little bit about that. We're going to talk a little bit about that. 877-867-1670. That's coming up here in just a little bit. John writes, uh, yes, the Brewers are in big trouble because they overplayed early on this season. They're going to fall back down to earth, and once everybody realizes this team is not that good, they're going to become sellers at the trade deadline. I hope they get enough for Corbin Burns because we all know they're not going to sign him because Mark will never live up to his mission statement of putting a competitive team on the field that's seriously going to compete for a World Series and not just to win the division. But, John, don't you have to win the division first? I mean, I, you know, and again, I don't want to get too deep into this because we've been down this road and people tend to point the finger at Mark Atanasio uh, a lot. And yes, as of late, uh, there has been this level of, you know, spoken hypocrisy. Okay, I, I, I completely get it. I understand that. But for the most part, as Brewers fans, can't we say that this team has been competitive? This team has had the horses to be able to win. They fell short via one game and some injuries against Washington. They fell short one game against the Dodgers. The offense just got completely shut down. I mean, that was when Christian Yelich was tearing the cover off the ball, and he didn't do diddly in the postseason. This team has had some really good teams. They just, and good pitching, they just haven't been able to consistently put it all together in the postseason. They haven't been able to get over that hump. Uh, and until you do, you have it. I, I mean, you know, it's as simple as that. Uh, there, people talk about this postseason experience and what they need. It's like, look, you can't have experience unless you get there, and then you can build upon it. I, I, I got to admit, I was watching the Brewers. Was it yesterday? Yesterday, I think. I was watching a game yesterday. I was watching all the pregame stuff. Now, let me preface this because I don't want this to be taken the wrong way. Okay. 
I understand the love for everybody on that 1982 team. For Storm and Gorman and for Cecil Cooper, for Yal, for Molly, for Gantner, for everybody that was on that team. Okay? I 100%. That team has been basically, as far as anything with, you know, success, has carried the franchise for a long time, the memory of that. Okay? There's been tributes to it. There's throwback jerseys committed to it. There's anything and everything we've ever talked about revolving around 82 because that's the only reference point for a World Series this franchise has ever known, short of back when they were the Braves, and they won back in the late 50s before moving to Atlanta. So let me say I, 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 lo- I, I love talking to those guys. I love experiencing stuff. We've, been, we've, we've all you know, kind of deciphered the stories. We've all lived. We've laughed. We've learned. It's great, okay? But damn, can we just stop? And I, it, it's not like this anti-82 mentality. It's like if that's your reference point for success on the consistent, you don't have much. It's yesterday there's this. We're going to talk with Ryan Braun. We're going to talk with Prince Fielder. We're going to talk with Jonathan Lucroy and revisit the 82 World Series. Again? How many times are you going to revisit the 82 series, for God's sakes? How many times are you going to revisit the team? Look, I'm sure the team loves living in the the specter of a godlike status when it comes to baseball fans in the state of Wisconsin. But come on. Come on, man. At some point, you gotta look at, at, at the owner. You gotta look at the players. You got you gotta say, you gotta make your own history. You got you gotta you gotta at some point what what owner wants to be known as the guy that had a team for umpteen years only to get to an NLCS and, and Never make it to a World Series. I guess you could talk about the the Cubs in their 108-year run. I, I guess we can get into that discussion. But damn, you know, at some point you got to win. You got to win. Flatsmack says that 82 Brewers are better than 90% of the teams that won a World Series. I'd agree with that, but they didn't win. I'd agree with that. There's a lot of teams that are really good teams that haven't won the championship. You put it all together and you fell short, but the bottom line is you fell short and you didn't win. 100% agree. But in the biggest moments with the light, brightest of lights, when you needed that clutch hit that you got all season long and it didn't come, it didn't come. You got beat. And it's not like you get beaten one game. It's not like a, a football game where you turn the ball over twice uncharacteristically and you're like, oh, my God, we made two mistakes and we lost the championship. This is a seven-game series, right? Seven-game series, seven games to prove yourself. Win four out of seven. I mean, that, that's a big litmus test. Usually over seven games, unless, of course, you have a decimation of injuries, say, to your starting staff. Unless you have that, seven-game series, pretty good litmus test as to who's the better team. And it's not that I'm anti-82 because I'm not. It's just, God, I am. I, I don't know about you, but as a fan, I'm desperate for, for something in the here and the now. You know, it's the the Bucks had their runs in the early 2000s, and you kind of lived off of that a little bit, but you still honored that that team back in the early 70s and 71 when they won the championship. But you didn't keep going back to it to keep bringing them back and bringing them back and bringing them back in the decades you did. But man, it's just like. Wow, at what point do you just finally say, you know, holy mackerel? 
You know, yes, uh, Nick, a healthy Raleigh Fingers, might have, you, you might have been over the top. Absolutely. Bruce could have been over the top with that. You know? And Flat Smack, you're right. That team had five Hall of Famers on it. Five Hall of Famers. Love the team. Love the guys. Love whenever you get a chance. You go to spring training. They're all down there. You get a chance to talk to everybody. It's fun. It's a good time. But to keep going back, it's like, you know, come on, man. It, in, in other words, you, you don't have an owner that's won anything. You don't, you know, you, you, you haven't done much since then. Come on. Come on. 877-867-1670. Am I wrong here, Ben? No, I don't think so. Uh, I will say you do have Paige Sporanic bobblehead night coming up in a couple weeks. They're finding new slants. <laughs> Leave it to you to bring it back to the Paige Sporanic bobblehead night. <laughs> Star hey, did Wars you night see, was a uh, Speaking of that, did you see that, uh, and I don't know what her name is. I, I have to go back and look. Uh, that a Paige Sporanic spinoff, uh, some other girl is now doing the Paige Sporanic stuff. Uh, yeah, there are many and, doing it yeah. quite well. And apparently she uh, she has the the larger assets than what Paige Sporanic <laughs> does, according to uh, the Twitter followers that are going crazy. Right, according to the Twitter followers, not reported yeah. by us. Not reported by We're us. We're just yes, going off information that we have... I get the uh, I get every day I get a highlight of Twitter. It comes across my feed, and um, what was the highlight of Twitter? And every now and then, between Twitter and Instagram, I'll get the Paige Sporanic stuff. She'll do something, she'll drop a swimsuit or something, whatever you know. And uh, in the the headline, it might have been Saturday, was uh, the Paige Sporanic, whatever they called her, this new girl. Yeah, she's uh, yeah. <laughs> She's she's spinning off the Paige Sporanic stuff, and she's out. She was in the this skirt with, like, up-her-butt booty shorts underneath. And she was wearing a neon pink, like, tank top, but it was a button-up tank top, and the tank was two buttons down. And I have no idea how she closed her arms together to be able to get her swing together. She had a beautiful swing. Oh, and sure. I, I, I don't know how many takes it was, but uh, she uh, she pulled one right down the middle of the fairway and onto the green. But uh, but yeah, the All right. Paige Sporanic wannabe. Blonde, uh, ponytail, visor, you know, the whole thing. Yeah, she's about six months away from being honored by the Brewers. <laughs> That's exciting. <laughs> uh, I need to get oh. back to the I need to go to Paige Sporanic bobblehead night. Uh, the, <laughs> Jeff says, are we sure it's a bobblehead? <laughs> hey now, hey now, we're a, we're a semi family rated show. <laughs> a point. Yes. Oh, goodness. The thing uh, is, I would a, say, yeah, like, my bad for bringing up Paige Sporanic, but the Brewers have a freaking bobblehead night for her. I know. Well, I think that's in conjunction with the top golf thing, isn't it? It, it is, which is yeah. I, it's ridiculous in its own. Which right, is ridiculous. Bill. With yes, I agree with that. Which is ridiculous in its own right. I, I will I will go along with you on that. So. My official statement on the matter is yes, you would you would like the old Brewers team to not be the one thing that everyone goes back to. You would like them to mm -hmm. create a new memory in that way, but. I would rather them do a bobblehead for the bat boy of that team than for Paige Sporanic. 
That is my statement. Uh, yeah, I would go with uh, Bobblehead uh, Bad Boy Night. There you go. That's not a bad way to go. Pay tribute to all the uh, the, uh, the bad boys and bad girls that have been down there. I'd, I'd go with that. Put them, uh, put them, cast them in the uh, the plaster, the ceramic that is. I, you know, I want to honor bullpen catchers. To be honest, here, here's here's what I would do. I would put bobble food, your best bobble food, like a bobble hot dog, bobble rot, but like just bobble beer. You just got Milwaukee Brewers, you know, beer, and it's just a beer mug, and it's just you you hit it, and it's just the beer bounces around on your desk. I, I'd go for that. I'd do that in a heartbeat. Just give me bobble food. Anything else you can think of, you know. Stan, the beer man who works right there in Section 117 behind home plate. Give me a Stan, the beer man night. Stan worked for the Brewers. I don't know how many years. He's been hawking beer down there forever. Give me a Stan, the man. Stan, the man, bobblehead night. He's got, in the bobblehead, he's got, you know, the neon shirt on. He's got the case of beer in his head. He's got one beer in his hand. I'd do that in a heartbeat. Give me that. Give me the Stan, the man, beer head, uh, bobble beer head night. Oh, that guy's done more for the Brewers than Paige Sporanic ever has. That's Absolutely. Like, that's He's raised more money this. for this team and franchise. Oh, Absolutely. Gosh. Giving happiness to the people. Are you yeah, kidding? I'd do that in a heartbeat. Uh, let's do this. We're going to step out. When we come back, it's time to talk some championship hockey. Uh, they are in the Western Conference Finals. After the win over Texas, the Admirals kicking ass. We're going to talk some NHL hockey as well. Got to get to that. Stay tuned. A whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up. This portion of the program brought to you by the ICHC Irish Cultural Heritage Center right there in West Wisconsin Avenue, whether it's weddings, meeting space, you name it. Uh, Corey Webster and the group, uh, it's a nonprofit. So if you're looking for a place to go and, and relatively inexpensive, it's a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful venue. And all you got to do is call them, 414-345-8800, 414-345-8800, or go to ICHC.net. That is ICHC.net. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Focusing on our friends at Pella Windows and Doors, Wisconsin. And uh, right now, 0% financing, 48 months. Don't go anywhere without those Pella Windows and Doors in your home. Safe, secure, you feel great at night. They keep the heat out in the summertime, keep the cold out in the wintertime. The innovations, the, the you know, the different uh, things like uh, the roll screen, slider windows, the toe kick uh, on the patio doors, it locks those doors into place so you don't have to stick that board down there in the track or anything like that. There's just so many different things that are right about Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. They have vinyl, they have impervia, which is stronger than fiber, fiberglass, and they have wood. Check out our friends at Pella. Go to PellaWI.com. That is PellaWI.com or call them 855-PELLA-WI, 855-PELLA-WI. Jeff says, who cares about the rankings? For years, the Packers were near the top of the list. What did that get us? Just one subjective list that means nothing. Uh, Corey says, I'm kind of digging the dark horse nature of this team right now. It may sneak up on people. Uh, This one's from Delta who says, it seems a little bit low. But there's also a lot of unknowns on all of this. Thomas says it all hinges on Jordan Love, the new receiving core, and Barry's defense. But it does seem a little bit low to me. Uh, the Packers ranked 25th via the uh, ESPN Power Index. 
Rick says way too low. The O-line and the backs are excellent. The receivers could take a jump. I think that the D is going to be a little bit better. I think they're going to be in the mix for the division right up until the very end. I think Detroit wins the North, but I would be shocked if they didn't get the seventh seed, meaning the Green Bay Packers. 877-867-1670. Yeah, you know, when you start to look at uh, where teams' rosters have fallen, uh, the draft, all the pieces that are now put into place, you start to kind of gauge as to where some of these teams may, may not be. So it is subjective. It is something that's going to be played out on the field of play, but it also gives you an idea as to what people think about the talent and or experience of your ball club. And I think that's very real. Uh, Cheddar says, uh, I don't think the Packers are going to sneak up on anybody. Teams want uh, to take uh, teams want to take it to Green Bay, even with the unknown of love. Well, you're right because the, the Packers have the winning percentage-wise. It's not that they've just been beaten up on everybody because they haven't won a championship, but the Packers um, have been a team that has had a high winning percentage for the last decade and a half. And um, when you you know when you take into account a lot of the other franchises that have not, they've been kind of ebb and flow, and the Packers have been pretty steady with Hall of Fame quarterback play. There's, there's some franchises that want to say, okay, it's our turn now. You're done. It's our turn now, so they want to beat up on you. Yeah. you, you want to, Ben, how many teams do you think looked at the Packers on their schedule and went, okay, that's a win? I think, think a about lot that more than, than you would expect because yeah. it's the, oh, Rodgers is gone. They'll be bad. Where, where even though, like, you are, where are you at with them? Seven wins? Eight wins? Seven wins. I would even say that's with a lot of knowledge about them probably still being a solid team. I think the overall perception is that they're going to absolutely stink. They're going to go into Bears mode. If I'm right, if I'm the Bears fans and we saw that coming up on Sunday, September 10th, they kick off the season. Here come the Green Bay Packers. If I'm the Bears fans, am I sitting there biting my nails going, oh, God, you know, now they're without Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, it's our time. It's our time. Are you you biting your nails or are you like, finally, okay, bring it. We're going to kick your ass. We're going to chalk it up as a win for uh, week one. Oh, it's the latter. What they have is hope that there's a new quarterback under center, and maybe, finally, he won't be the guy that destroys them every time they play. Right. Even though that is very Falcons? possible. What about the Falcons with Ritter? Because you would assume Ritter's going to be their quarterback down there. Yeah, he's Second stinks. year out of University of Cincinnati. He's not that good. Uh, had a good season under Luke Fickle at Cincinnati, but he's not, you know, he, he may come back and surprise people, but I doubt it. So with Ritter as their quarterback, do you think the Falcons fans are going, oh, boy, we got a really good shot? Beating Green Bay. Probably. I think they're buzzing over Bijan. I think the Falcons fans are just buzzing over the Braves. So they're riding high no matter what, you know? <laughs> it's a good time. Then you've got there. the Saints. We know the Lions are. The Raiders, eh, the Raiders are just hoping to get a win. The Broncos hoping to get a win. The Vikings, they're they're probably thinking, okay, we're gonna kick their ass again after they, you know, after the Packers. Remember, the Packers beat them pretty handily at Lambeau Field later in the season last year. So they're not coming in. That's one of the disappointing things is that even though the Vikings play in a northern climate, they're not coming into Lambeau Field in late November, December. They're coming in in uh, October, late October, when it's still. I mean, you could still get snow. Don't get me wrong, but it's not usually, you know, ten degrees with a ten below wind chill factor or anything like that. So they they don't have to play them then. 
Uh, you've got the Rams. The Rams are just hoping to get a win. The Steelers uh, at in Pittsburgh, they're probably thinking, okay, here come the Packers. This should, we can get a win here. Chargers are thinking the same thing. Lions again. Chiefs, hell yes. Giants, hell yes. Buccaneers biting their nails. Panthers biting their nails. And Vikings and Bears. Yeah, I you know, I, <clears throat> I get it. There's a lot of teams looking at the Packers going, yeah, chalk it up as a win on our, on our list. Mainly because of the inexperience of Jordan Love. But absolutely. 877-867-1670. Let's go to the uh, phone calls. Talk to our buddy Steve listening to us in Eau Claire. Steve, how are you doing today, man? What's going on? Happy Monday, Bill. How was your weekend? It was a great weekend. It started off with uh, racing up at Road America and ended up on a motorcycle ride. So I had a great weekend. Awesome. Hey, um, the number 25 ranking for the Packers going into this season. I personally don't think it's terribly low, but I think it might be a little bit. I think a lot of uh, a lot of it is because of number one, all the uncertainty regarding not only our run defense but also our passing offense. And I just I, I think back to Rogers' first season in 2008 when we went six and ten. We ended up with the number nine overall draft pick the following year, which would, I guess, would put us at the number 24 ranking for the year. So, I mean, I, I don't think it's that outrageous. Um, granted, I think the biggest problem that Rodgers had that season was his interceptions. He didn't have a lot of them, but uh, they always happen at the worst possible time. You take mm-hmm. a few of those away, we could have yeah. easily been 500 or better. So, given all the uncertainty this season and, uh, you know, how love is going to look with so many uh, young receivers on the roster, I would say that's probably a big part of why we're getting ranked around where we are. Again, I mean, I don't think it's terribly low, but I think it is potentially a little bit low. I could see us maybe uh, like high teens, low 20s going into the start of the season. But personally, I love it because it, you know, lights a fire under them. Right. It's, uh, you know, for any veteran, you feel disrespected. And for Jordan Love, you feel like, uh, you know, nobody has any confidence in you. And it can put a chip on your shoulder real quick. Appreciate the phone call. I agree. I I don't I and again, rankings are rankings and they're all subjective and you know it is what it is because last week we saw that they had Seattle in the top three. You know, I think it was Yahoo top three or five or something like that. That was Yahoo Sports. So they're all subjective as to what, you know, people's opinions are on the depth and experience and capability of your roster. But I think for the Green Bay Packers, for the first time in a long time. Outside of that top five, outside of that top ten, it's now here's your slap in the face reality. Now go prove it. And I'm is it, we talked about this last week. As much as there's this uncertainty when it comes to winning, and it you know it it is uncertain. Uh, I think there's also the uh, the the air of whew, fresh air, you know, new beginnings. It's like spring, you know, it's like spring for football. Fresh air, new beginnings. What could be this new level of hope, you know, without being the pressure of saying you have to win a championship? Because we all know they want to. But there's less, I'm going to say, expectation of that. Um, not necessarily for the coaching staff, because I think the coaching staff still has a, uh, a rhythmic level of expectation to put this team into a good rhythm, to score points, to be able to get off the field on third down, to be able to stop teams, create turnovers. Uh, you know, and for the offense not to turn the ball over, not to get sloppy, not use the lack of Aaron Rodgers as an excuse to say, okay, we're just not that good. 
you want to see the growth, you want to see the advancement, you want to see second-year guys really begin to step up, start to morph into what you believe they can be, all that kind of stuff. So I don't, I'm not going to say that the, uh, the, level, the, the internal level of expectation has been lowered, but certainly the win in, in loss total of expectation from the fans' perspective has lowered somewhat. That I will agree with. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. By the way, and I know this is going to make people roll their eyes, OTAs beginning today. We know that, right? Just want to give you a little bit of breaking news out of New York. Aaron Rodgers is at the Jets OTAs. That's it. Shut your ass. Yeah, that's all I'm mentioning. That's all I'm mentioning. That's it. Wanted to throw that out there. Apparently, OTAs in New York are very important, and OTAs in in Green Bay are not. So, he's got to develop a rapport for the young sure. guys, which are sure. really just the same receiving core he had in Green Bay and didn't mm-hmm. succeed with. Yeah, sure, I get it. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Coming up in the next segment, we are uh, we are going to uh, break down a little bit of a conversation of somebody who has recently left the Green Bay Packers. And some of the things that I stated a while ago are exactly what was stated in this particular story. So we're going to talk about that when we come back. Uh, Many starting quarterbacks, by the way, spend uh, a lot of time on the sideline. You know, there's some, especially when you're in the first round, usually you either play right away or probably midseason. The Packers uh, have had Jordan Love sitting for three years. It's kind of, uh, at this point in time, trial and error, according to the Packers offensive coordinator, Stenovich. Uh, I think the preseason, that's going to be very important for Jordan Love as well. But just going out there during the OTAs, getting him around all these young guys, all the receivers, all the tight ends, and working with our veterans and allowing him to put the leadership out there, putting his stamp on all of this is extremely valuable. And then once we see how it's going – then you can go in that particular direction when it comes to making adjustments regarding Jordan Love. So when we talked earlier today and somebody said, well, how important are these really, you know, what do you get out of the OTAs? It's all of the little stuff. It's all of the stuff that you don't normally see, okay? Because this whole thing, and, and, and we can talk about this guy looks really fast, okay? And, and you can see that. You can see certain athletic attributes, okay? You can see a guy burning past the secondary, as a wide receiver, Christian Watson just kicking in the uh, you know the afterburners and going. You can see a guy like Jair, you know, hand fighting downfield or what have you, maybe for a you know a fifty fifty ball or something like that. You can see maybe some of the tight ends, you know, having that ability for a ball that's overthrown, underthrown, thrown behind them, thrown in front of them, whatever, having the ability to really grab onto a football, tip it to themselves. They've got good hands. They've got soft hands. Catch you down the front. Catch it against your chest. All that kind of stuff. You can see that. That's the stuff that we don't necessarily really gauge when it comes to the regular season. You know, you don't see guys blowing each other up. You don't see them hitting. You don't see any of that. This is just where all of the mentality begins to become ingrained. They start to let it sink in. Um, you know, the guys that are understanding and learning the plays, the guys that are knowing when they leave the OTAs and come back the next time when they put a particular play into place, whether or not they actually studied it or not. But it's more even, it, to me, it's even more so camaraderie in the weight room, camaraderie off the field. You know, are guys hanging out? Are they talking to one another, grabbing grabbing dinner together? You know, are they, they, they going over each other's house? Uh, you know, they, the family's getting to know one another. All that kind of stuff. That's when you... That's what OTAs do. 
the OTAs and the mini camps, they kind of build the camaraderie and they do some things to kind of put your team on the right track to, you know, kind of enter into camp for the season. So when you say, what do you get out of OTAs? That's kind of what you get out of OTAs. 877-867-1670, You want to find us, feel free. Go ahead and give us a shout. would love to hear from you. I had mentioned yesterday, I uh, watched the remainder of the PGA Championship yesterday. Just sat back and relaxed for the first time in a long time. Went down to Nice Ash, 323 West Main Street, downtown Waukesha. Went into the humidor, got a Perdomo 10th anniversary champagne cigar. Sat down. Had one beverage because I was on the bike, so I only had one beverage, but I was only six minutes from home, so one beverage and a couple of waters. Uh, Kristen grabbed a hookah. We just sat there. We relaxed, watched the end of the PGA Championship. Just a great day. But Thursday, Friday, Saturday, they crank it up with entertainment. The rest of the week, they just uh, sit back, relax, and have a great time. TheNiceAsh.com. That's TheNiceAsh.com. 323 West Main Street, downtown Waukesha. It can be your happy place. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.